Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. I'm actually, now. You're I'm actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on Chad. You know, yeah, I got something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Me stop. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy stuff. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad show it's what we're all been waiting for all week football football and more football you gotta love football season man brings that excitement there's a meaning to the end of the week and it's all started last night two big exciting football games last night a great thursday doubleheader if you like college and nfl football and hope you were tuned in two great games went down last night louisville hosted number 11 clemson and a uh, nice little back, for, back and forth there in that game. Louisville had their opportunities to win the game, as they have had in their two previous games so far. Just looks right now like this Louisville team is young and just doesn't know how to win a game yet. And uh, as a result, they're 0-3 after Clemson goes in there and beats them 20-17 to last night. Obviously a disappointment for Louisville, who's expecting some things this year. Very young up front, and they looked at as Clemson really got after him with a pass rush and caused some mayhem up front. Uh, I would say Clemson won the battle of the line of scrimmage last night. Clemson defense looking pretty, pretty good. Uh, expected a little more out of their offense, though, if I must say. Expected a little more from uh, from Clemson. I guess that's going to be a little bit of a work in progress. People are obviously aware of and intrigued by the ability and skills of Deshaun Watson, but the truth of the matter is is that he is a brand-new full-time starter for Clemson, so it's going to take a little bit of time for him to really get that thing crisp and ready. Uh, they have a very challenging schedule to the Tigers, so uh, going to have to speed up the process on that for Deshaun Watson. Nevertheless, they go into a tough atmosphere in Louisville last night, grab a victory against a conference opponent, so uh, any way you can get it, that is a good win for 
the Clemson Tigers. And then in the NFL, Peyton Manning does it again. I mean, I said it yesterday when I was making a pick on this game. The Denver Broncos own the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's a mental thing it looks like at this point. And that was very clear watching last night's game. Kansas City had control of the game early on, 14 nothing. should have routed them. But it just seemed like somewhere in their head they said, hey, we're not supposed to be beating the Broncos, and bam. Denver comes back, ties it up, and then it's a nip-and-tuck game all the way through. And then in the final moments, when Kansas City seemed to have seized control of the game once again, they did everything in their power to give it back. You know, Peyton Manning going down the field on a, a two-minute drill, I mean, catching the ball and just throwing it, and it doesn't really he doesn't really have the ability to get the ball down the field right now. I mean, if you're watching Peyton Manning, um, the physical skills have eroded immensely. And, uh, you know, it might get to a point where it's hard to watch, but the intelligence of Peyton Manning gets them down the field, and the Chiefs helped a little bit with some penalties and failing to cover some passes. And uh, in the end... Peyton Manning hits Emmanuel Sanders on a skinny post, and we got a tie ball game with uh, under a minute left. Kick it off to the Chiefs, and, you know, we're headed to overtime. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen there. And for the Chiefs, that's great. You're at home. You know, the energy of the crowd should carry you through in an overtime session because it is Arrowhead, I mean, and that's a great place to play. You, you know, definitely 12th man in effect there. And what do you do? I mean, the best player on your team, Jamal Charles. I mean, just fate. All you guys do if your Kansas City is lose to Denver, and fate would have it. Their minds play tricks on them. Your best player fumbles the football away, and not only is it just a fumble, it's a fumble picked up by Denver and who advances it into the end zone. I mean, there's no chance for the Broncos to... Or for Kansas City to, you know, perhaps stop them and line up and play defense and have something happen or turn it into a field goal situation where there might be a block or a miss. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. Roby picks the ball up and runs it all the way into the end zone. Ball game over. And uh, that's how the game went for the Kansas City Chiefs, who really, you, you could say, were probably the better team in this game, but it didn't quite shake out that way. So uh, against a divisional opponent at home, the Chiefs lose, and then now the second game of this season series is going to have to take place in Denver, a tough, tough pill for Kansas City to swallow. So that's how we kicked off the weekend of action, but there's plenty, plenty more. Big game tonight, Florida State traveling to Boston College. We'll talk about that some during the college football segment. But here's what we got coming up on the show uh, show today. We've I've got two guests at the uh, at the 11 o'clock hour. I'm going to have Peter Arise from Canes Insight join me to talk about the big game for the Canes tomorrow afternoon as they host the Nebraska Cornhuskers. What to expect there? What's the mindset? What do the Canes need to do? What does this game mean to Al Golden and his staff, his embattled staff? Uh, what does it mean to the Hurricanes? And uh, that and more we'll talk about with Peter Ariz from Canes Insight. Then I'll also have Joshua Wilson on from FloridaHSFootball.com. We'll talk about uh, Florida high school football and some of the matchups that we have going on this weekend and some of the latest interesting tidbits in uh, Florida high school football. So that will be at 
roughly 11.15. In between that time, plenty to talk about as uh, we have high school football going on tonight, college football tomorrow, plenty of big matchups for us to talk about, and then NFL football on Sunday. Interesting matchups going on, especially the one going down in Green Bay, a rematch of the NFC Championship game as Green Bay looks to get some revenge against the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who have a slew of things going on. So we'll be talking about that game and more. Uh, Just to touch on some things, and I did tweet this out, you know, I was just sitting here wondering what would have happened if Cam Newton had stayed a Florida Gator. Just a question throwing out there to you listening. And if you want to call in with your thoughts on things, the number to call today is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. Or you could reach me on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. But just a thought, you know, Tim Tebow was that guy. In Florida, and there's no denying that. You folks can say everything you want to say about him and his professional career. He's got a lot of haters out there. But the truth of the matter is, in college football, uh, as a quarterback for the Florida Gators, a guy got it done. Heisman, trophy, and a national championship. Can't sneeze on that one. Uh, so he got it done. Uh, Cam Newton, only one year behind him in terms of uh, graduation, and uh, was there at the same time as uh, Tim Tebow at least for two seasons, and the two best seasons of Tim Tebow's college football career, Cam Newton was a Florida Gator. And I'm talking about 2007, when uh, Tebow was your Heisman winner. That was Cam Newton's true freshman year. And then uh, the 2008 season in which Tebow led the Gators to a national championship, uh, Cam Newton took a red shirt after getting injured early on in the season. And then, uh, you know how it is when you've got a lot of free time on your hands. And, you know, I was injured for a year in uh, college football. And uh, you're not around the team as much, and you've got a tremendous amount of free time. Um, sometimes you get up into stuff. And, you know, I didn't get anything get into anything quite as treacherous as what ended up happening to Cam Newton, which he was uh, accused of stealing a laptop, which I guess he was guilty of, flung it out the window, got himself into some hot water, charges filed, eventually dropped as he did a trial diversion program. You know, the rest is all history on that. He announced that he was leaving and uh, ended up at Blinn Junior College where he tore it up and uh, eventually won a national championship with Blinn and went to Auburn and won a national championship there. But what would have happened if Cam Newton would have stayed a Florida Gator. How would that time have been allocated? Because let's say he redshirted in 2008, comes back in 2009, Tim Tebow's final season at Florida. What would have been that 2009 season for Cam Newton? Would he have split some time with Tim Tebow? Would he have been what Tim Tebow was his first year? At Florida, when Chris Leak was there, would that have even been necessary? Because, you know, the role Tim Tebow filled his freshman year when he was there with Chris Leak was a guy to come in there and get the, the short yardage plays because Tim Tebow was built for that. That's what he does. Chris Leak, not so much. Chris Leak was the guy to drop back and throw the football. But now when you're talking about 2009 and Cam Newton is that type of player, you know, he and Tim Tebow pretty much brought the same type of skills to the game. 
guys who could throw but were really great runners. So what would you do with Cam Newton in that 2009 season? And would it have been satisfactory? Cam Newton could have played his redshirt sophomore year at the University of Florida with not getting much time, mop-up time duty, and Florida did beat up on some teams that year. Would he have been content with coming in off the bench knowing that next year the job is probably his since it was Tebow's senior year? And then if that is indeed the case, 2010 season, what would that have been for the Florida Gators? Would Cam Newton have led the Florida Gators to a national championship? But would that have changed the course of things? Does Urban Meyer remain at Florida with a Cam Newton there? And is he still the coach at the University of Florida? Very interesting to see how the course of history was changed just by this one guy getting into hot water and then whatever went on after that and then leaving and going to Auburn kind of changed the course of things uh, at Florida in the SEC and made Auburn uh, a place to be for some time after that. Auburn's had their ups and then their downs. They had their ups winning the national championship, as I said, with Cam Newton. Then they had a serious down and had to get rid of their coach, Gene Chizik. Experienced an up when Gus Malzahn came back. Not the ultimate up. They did end up losing the national championship game, but they were in that game. And then almost experienced an ultimate low last week against Jacksonville State. This week they've got LSU a chance to quickly redeem themselves from that close shave against their uh, arch nemesis and uh, division rival LSU. So just something to think about. And again, if any of you Florida Gator fans that listen to me out there have any thoughts on that, what would have happened if Cam Newton stayed at Florida? Just a little fantasy time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. And again, you could call me 347-633-9365. Let me head out to the phone lines. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, how you doing? It's Robert calling from Michigan here, man. How you doing? What's going on there, my friend? Notre Dame fan in the house. Yes, sir. Getting ready for a big weekend. Everybody's doubting us because our quarterback. Oh, out, so I'm ready. Well, I, you know, put 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 me in that group too, man. That's going to be a tough one. Before you jump into some Notre Dame Midwest football talk, any quick thoughts on what would have happened if Cam Newton would have stayed at Florida and seceded? Yeah, uh, I, I think Urban Meyer was. St- I think Urban Meyer would still be there. I think Cam was a humble enough. He seems from afar a humble enough guy to he would have accepted that role, knowing how good Tim Tebow was at Florida. And I think Urban Meyer, bar there being too many allegations and kids getting in trouble, I'm not a big person that like you know likes to talk about that stuff. But I, I, it does seem like there was lots and lots and lots of run ins and stuff he had. So I don't know how that would have panned out. But strictly from a football perspective, Florida would have won another national championship, and Urban Meyer would probably still be there, bar the off field stuff. Because I mean, the average college football fan, I bet you, if you if you put all the money in the world in front of them and told them to name five to seven players off of that national championship team that Auburn played. They they probably couldn't outside of Dyer, fairly a couple of players and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he he's a once-in-a-generation type of transcendent college football player. I mean, he basically mm-hmm. – I mean, we've seen what happened when he left Auburn. So, I, I just feel with all the talent that Florida had, probably mm-hmm. it would have been hard-pressed for me to pick another team to win a championship over. And I, I actually think – he probably wouldn't have had the stat. He didn't statistically perform better than Tim Tebow, but if I had to pick a player between the two that I would rather build a college football team around based on skill set, Cam Newton, I would definitely take him. 
So yeah, and that's I, just I think my take most. Up. Yeah, no, and a great take at that, and one that I, I probably share, maybe not so much the last part, because I think there's so intangible things there at quarterback that it's hard yeah. for fans to measure. So, like, Tim Tebow had this thing about him that he even had with the Denver Broncos, for crying out loud. He, as bad as he threw the football, he won a playoff game with the Denver Broncos. I, it's just something where he really, really gets people to believe and play above that level and um, yeah. It's something I really, be- it's something I really gained belief in when I was at the University of Miami, and 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 Ray Lewis walked in the huddle. It's like, who, you know, who's this, who's this young guy, and yeah. why does he really make me feel like balling out of control <laughs> right now? Yeah. So, um, you know, either way though, I think Florida been good. So I probably brought some tears to Florida Gators uh, uh, fans' eyes here today by even bringing up this topic. They probably tried to bury it. So, yeah. uh, what's on your mind there, Robert? Oh man, I just uh, it's just college football is in the air, man. I mean, uh, that was a good game last night. I, I expected a little bit more out of Clemson, but you know, the thing about college football I'm noticing right now is there's really no, I don't want to say there's no rhyme or reason every week, but every week literally is a different game, like all these different offenses and defenses and how you mm-hmm. can manipulate defenses and stuff. Like, for example, the Auburn-Jacksonville State game. A lot of people now mm-hmm. probably think the Auburn probably is not going to have a good season, but the next week you will have a team like that that goes and plays a top five, top ten team in the nation, and somehow mm-hmm. they'll perform like night and day compared to what they did the week before. It's just weird. Like, you can't take one week and say, hey, this team is going to win because of what they did this week. There's no carryover effect at all in college football. It used to yeah, be. Yeah, no, I know. Absolutely. I mean, talent is spread out now. Things are a little bit more even, and that's the ultimate sandwich game for Auburn. Not saying you should have performed that way, but um, you just played Louisville in a, you know, a big opener. Then you got Jacksonville State with LSU next. It's like, do you even, do you even watch film on Jacksonville State? Do you, do you even care about them? And uh, you got in a game and found out you did need to care uh, against this team. So, uh, tough yeah, that's the now, ultimate no thing. That's the ultimate thing you can never tell with college kids how how much a win or a loss is going to get them up or down. I mean, that's human nature in general, but I think in the pros and stuff like that, people understand a little bit more, and it's a little more you know seems a little more evenly matched across the board, so they kind of don't take things for granted. But you know, college kids, it's just like a win or a loss can do a lot to a team. Just like last year, for example, Notre Dame after that Florida State loss, we looked like world beaters before that. And then after that loss, I don't, I don't know if it was the injuries, it was, I don't know what it was, but it was just a funk and the melees that came over the team, and we just started getting yeah, no, it's, a, it's an emotional, it's an emotional roller coaster, and that's why I think, uh, you know, college football coaches earn their pay. Um, because you got to control all that, and you got to keep these guys' minds right, and some are really, really good at it, and others, well, not so much. I'm interested, though, in your take in this week's game. I, listen, I'm, Georgia Tech's got that thing going pretty good. What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on your team, Notre Dame, taking on Georgia Tech this weekend? Man, it's weird how from one year to the next you feel certain ways. This, this year, I, last year I was a big Brian Van Gorder fan. I haven't threw the towel in on him. But I worry every time I hear our players talk about his defense, they talk about it like it's literally rocket science. And I'm hoping that he doesn't get too complex and there's too many moving parts and, you know, things of that nature. The kids just seem like they play slower than they should. So I am worried about, like, how complex he makes the defense against this Georgia Tech offense. Georgia Tech just doesn't get stopped by people. My my worry, and I don't get why more coaches don't do this, if I'm playing against a triple option and I know that they score a lot, I'm not saying that I'm going to not try to stop them to score, but I'm going to worry more about getting 
taking eliminating the time of possession away from them. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I'm not going to let you score and hold the ball forever. In other words, I'm going to sell out against it. If you score, if you score on a 60-yard run, fine, not fine, but you get what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. I want to see mm-hmm. if your defense, since it's never used to being on the field that long, can your defense, Matt, can it hold up if I have time of possession for a long time? You know, so yeah, I'm. Um, <laughs> You got to be careful to not to change who you are, though. So if you happen to be one of those lightning quick scoring teams, so let's say you're an Oregon because Notre Dame not really that. Let's say you're Oregon, and that's what you do. You go down the field and you score quick. You know what? You got you kind of got to hold true to that because it sends the bad message to your players. If hey, we're lightning quick, hurry up offense. But today we're gonna we're gonna run the play clock all the way down. That that makes your players worry. And we just talked about the 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 fickle minds of uh, college football players. So I think Notre Dame really just has to stay true to who they are and let let the chips fall where they may. But this is a tough, tough draw for your boys this weekend, man. As always, Robert, thanks for calling, man. Great call. Yeah, you have a nice day. All right. All right, with that, uh, great opener there. We're going to take a break. When we get back, it's high school football talk time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Talk about the top national matchups and uh, some other things. High School Football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back right after this. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! The 7-on-7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner. And you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when dug for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right. With heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. 
The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. talk a little high school football it is friday night friday night lights high school football going down here in south florida and all over the country and uh talked yesterday about some of the big matchups coming up uh we got central and norland that's going to be a big head banger going on in dade county two very tough defenses going at each other uh i'd be impressed if either team scored over 20 points in that contest Norland looking to get some, uh, jump up and get some respect down there in Dade County. Taking on Central, who's uh, still trying to uh, get back in the driver's seat there after taking a beating on national television, something that people just don't want to let them live down. But uh, high school football doesn't only exist in South Florida, it exists all over the country. So I go to Max Preps to talk about some of the big matchups that you've got going on across the country, not only tonight, but this weekend. And one of the big ones is number 19, IMG. Uh, for the last two or three seasons, IMG has been all the talk of high school football. Some would say, what the hell for? They don't play for any kind of championship because they're not a full-fledged member of the FHSAA, Florida High School Athletic Association. But truth of the matter is, is that uh, IMG does – corral some of the top-rated high school football players in the country. How they go about doing that is, uh, you know, something that an entire show would be made of. And it's probably not a bad topic for an entire show, but can't get into that here. Nevertheless, IMG is going to take on another very solid nationally recognized program, Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. That game is in New Jersey. That game is tomorrow, and uh, it's going to feature two of the top teams in the country, Shea Patterson, quarterback for IMG, uh, going to be a big factor in that one. I was impressed with the young man uh, as we played them early in the season. By we, I mean American Heritage. Uh, certainly a talented individual. So, uh, you know, going to be looking forward to see how he does against a team like Burgeon Catholic. For uh, for Burgeon Catholic, Jarrett Garantano, uh, quarterback is their top player, committed to Tennessee, was pretty solid last week, uh, and he's a dual-threat guy, so kind of like kind of like Patterson. So uh, those two are going to go at it in their contest. Out west, 
Uh, Bishop Gorman, though their head coach is gone and Snoop Dogg's son is gone, they're still a big-time football program and one, I would say, beloved by many uh, across the country, including the Poles, as they remain atop the Poles. Everyone loves Bishop Gorman uh, coming out of Nevada. They get the best of the best out there. They are going to uh, host Long Beach Poly, uh, a perennial power in California football with a lot of great names to come out of there. It's the alma mater for uh, Deshaun Jackson. So uh, they uh, those two hook up in, uh, in a contest this weekend. And uh, for Bishop Gorman, you got to love Tate Martell, uh, Texas A&M commit quarterback for Bishop Gorman. Love that player. Uh, I've had a chance to watch him. Very good football player. And it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, fares against the uh, Jack Rabbit defense. See uh, see how they get things going there. Uh, you know, Long Beach Poly always brings a solid program. So, you know, um, going to be great to see that going down. Nolan McDonald, top player quarterback for Long Beach Poly, who also has Malik Henry. Everyone was wondering where Malik Henry was going to end up. Uh, he ends up in Long Beach Poly, and he's been cleared to play. So uh, going to be uh, interesting to see what in, entirely happens there. Some other top picks that you've got going down, well, uh, the top games you got going down for this weekend, Orange Lutheran out in California taking on Concord De La Salle. Everyone knows De La Salle, the owners of that all-time uh, winning streak in high school football. Don Bosco out of New Jersey taking on Archbishop Moeller. Some of the bigger matchups that you've got going on. There's several others. You can head on over to Max Preps and check those out. Uh, it's recruiting season. It's always recruiting season. Let's just be honest about that. Always recruiting season here. So um, uh, let's time to share a little wisdom, folks. If you're a senior high school football player, um, and you should know this, but not everyone does, uh, you should have played three or four games by now. And if you're a senior high school football player with very little to no offers and you've uh, done some things in those first three games, you've played well, one of the most important things you'll do is put together a three-game highlight. Don't wait till the end of the season. Okay, Your highlight videos now with the advent of Huddle, um, and it, that makes it very easy for you to put together highlights that means you can put a highlight video together at any point. You can make a highlight video out of one game if you absolutely went off. But the smart thing to do is you've got a three-game highlight video that you need to put together. Don't waste time. Um, get that done immediately. Play tonight's game. Play your game tomorrow night if that's when it is. And then Sunday, if you have not put together a three-game highlight video, you need to get that done. And the rules are the same. Okay, uh, I'm going to say this to you recruits out there some of you guys get lazy and you just want to put the clips together in the order in which they happen so that's not the way to go spend a little time with this because it's important and again it's not a feature of film where you build up your plays to this crescendo at the end okay get over yourself college football coaches who are preparing for their division rivals in all of their games each week don't they don't have a lot of time to watch your film so you better wow them right away and the only way to keep them there for the full two minutes of your three-game highlight video, which it doesn't need to be longer than that, unless you're just a, some kind of beast out of this world, doesn't need to be longer than two minutes. This is the best of your three games. And by the best, I mean you made spectacular plays. 
if all you did was go into a pile and make some kind of wrap-up tackle or you got a bunch of five-yard straight-ahead runs where you caught three or four hitch passes, and you don't need to make a three-game highlight video. And the message to you is it's time to start balling. Class of 2016 player looking to play college football. Time to get on your horse if you don't have enough highlights for those first three games. Start getting start getting to where you need to go and practice. Start practicing better and start getting out on that field and making some plays. Nevertheless, your highlight video needs to start off with the best plays. Okay? Your top play, the 77-yard punt return, the 50-yard run, the blow-up tackle, the pick six, that needs to be your first play on your highlight video, and that's that's how that needs to go. And it's a backwards top ten. Best play followed by your second best play followed by your third best play, and that's how – your three-game highlight video needs to go. And that's your tip for the day, okay? Make that three-game highlight video if you have highlights from those first three games. Do it now, and let's start getting it out to colleges. And uh, if you want, if you need some recruiting help, and you do, if you don't have any offers right now and you're a 2016 player, you do need help. hate to be the one to break that news to you. You can contact me, C. Wilson, at gridironstuds.com. Again, C. Wilson at gridironstuds.com. And uh, we can try and get you some help here on the recruiting. Don't wait till December and January like people try to do to me every year. They like to slide into me on January, slide up on me January, and uh, they want me to get them to Notre Dame and USC. It don't. It doesn't work like that. Okay. You get to December and January, and you have zero offers. Chances are, you you. It's going to be hard for you to play. Uh, FBS football, okay? And again, if for that to happen, you've got to be an amazing talent. Abnormally tall, somehow they missed you. Abnormally fast, somehow they missed you. Uh, you just had an out-of-control senior year. Uh, but again, why wait? Play the percentages here. Get your stuff done early. Get the help early. And uh, that's what I'm here to do. So again, see Wilson at gridironstuds.com if you need help with recruiting. All right, so that's today's tip. Uh, in your high school football games, uh, you got a big one in Broward County, divisional or conference or district. Let me get that right. District matchup you've got tonight as uh, Coconut Creek travels to face American Heritage. And, again, full disclosure, the school that I coach at. So big district game there, 730 at American Heritage in Plantation. Coconut Creek travels to take on American Heritage. And uh, a number of big matchups going down tonight for you to choose from all right uh i need to jump to a break when i get back it's nfl talk time again uh joining me at the 11 o'clock hour is going to be pete ariz he's going to talk to me about the uh, university of miami taking on nebraska tomorrow afternoon and then uh, later on in the show i'm going to have uh, high school football talk again with joshua wilson so that's not the end of the high school football talk here on the gridiron stud show football friday we'll resume that talk with uh, Joshua Wilson somewhere around 11.15 today. But, again, uh, I'm going to take a break. When we get back, it's NFL talk time. going to give out NFL picks, both from myself and Emil Calamino. We've got we to gotta come back from the disaster that was last week, and we always do, so you want to stay tuned for that. I'll be back with NFL talk and picks on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. My name, calling all night. I can pull the wool while I'm being polite. Like, darling, calling all
recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Damn team carried two touchdowns, 165. I was raping them. One of the all-time classic interviews ever, 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 ever. Uh, there and, and you listen. If you if you ever have the opportunity, go to YouTube and uh, and uh, check it out. Uh, it's it's a classic. Uh, absolute classic. So uh, check that one out. We're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, an awkward comeback in, if I must say so myself. But it's time to talk a little NFL football. And, uh, you know, I already discussed last night's game. Somehow, some kind of way, Peyton Manning uh, throwing throwing ducks and with a weak arm uh, used his brain to uh, have the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs once again. It's just getting redundant there. Uh, as uh, the Broncos just owned the Chiefs, and that was the case. But other big games going down tonight, um, I mean, not tonight, but this weekend, Sunday, uh, the NFL action is on and taking place. Uh, Houston taking on Carolina, not a whole lot to say about that one. They're certainly not a top matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston, after getting completely slapped around by a rookie quarterback, Marcus Mariota, and the Tennessee Titans do travel to take on the New Orleans Saints. Probably not a really good matchup there for the Bucks, as uh, they got to travel to take on what many people believe will be the, the winner of this division. So um, looks like it might be an 0-2 start there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The San Francisco 49ers, who surprised a lot of people uh, on Sunday night by totally handling the Minnesota Vikings, will uh, try to go to Pittsburgh and see if that's real. They're going to face a Steelers team coming off of a loss. Uh, against the New England, the headsets aren't working Patriots. 
And uh, that's going to be a tough draw for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who are working on a short week of rest. So they're going to head out to Pittsburgh and face the Steelers. Uh, interesting. The other half of uh, that Monday night football game, the Minnesota Vikings are back home. They're hosting the Detroit Lions. Can the Vikings somehow clean up the mess that they, uh, you know, look like on Monday night as they uh, host the Detroit Lions? Uh, that game coming up. Uh, interesting game in the AFC East. New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. Bills better than expected in that game one. New England Patriots went out and did their thing. Do the Bills have something for these New England Patriots? It's the home half of uh, that series between these two this year. So the Bills really need to take this one. So uh, we'll see what happens in, in uh, that contest. It's going to be very interesting to see what goes on. There, Arizona and Chicago, not a whole lot to say about that one as the uh, next one. Yes, Marcus Mariota had a great game, and uh, he has the uh, fortune of taking on the Cleveland Browns after that. You know, Jameis Winston, they lose at home, they go to travel in New Orleans. Marcus Mariota, they beat Tampa Bay, they get to travel to Cleveland. Good deal for them there. San Diego Chargers traveling to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. San Diego uh, came up with a win somehow coming from behind on Detroit. Do they have... Uh, what it takes, again, to go take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who handled the Oakland Raiders. I was a little bit surprised by that there. St. Louis and Washington hooking up. Uh, Redskins were a bit of a surprise, even though they lost against the uh, Miami Dolphins. People expected them to get blown out. Talk about surprise. St. Louis beat the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Not a surprise to me, because they've always given the Seahawks a, a rough time at it, but they did uh, get the win against the a the NFC champs from last year, and uh, can they handle the success when they travel to take on Washington? That is one of my picks today. Uh, Atlanta and New York. Falcons want to build on their success from Monday night. The Giants want to forget what happened against the Cowboys on Sunday night. Who who uh, who gets the win in that one? Baltimore Ravens, the next team to head into Oakland. Are the Raiders just going to be what they were last week? Is that going to be their season? Raiders fans sincerely hope not. I had some expectations for the Raiders. They did not fill them out last week. Can they come back? Uh, for the locals down here, it's uh, the Miami Dolphins traveling to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game they absolutely need to win. And uh, a big game uh, Sunday afternoon, Cowboys and the Eagles. But not bigger than this Sunday night game as the Seattle Seahawks take on the Green Bay Packers. So that's the rundown of your games that you've got this weekend. And so we need some picks. We need some picks on these games, and uh, that's what we're here for. So uh, I'll go through mine real quick before I reveal Amel's, because Amel is the, uh, you know, self-proclaimed NFL guru, and I'll, you know, I'll let him be that, although I really think I'm beating him this year in the NFL. Well, we couldn't do anything to save ourselves last week. Uh, I was 0-3 in the NFL, got goosed on my three picks. Amel was 1-2. Somehow he got a win in his contest, or, or in one of his picks, as we were both equally bad, a combined, and we don't do this very often, a combined 1-5. and five. It, was, uh, it was ugly. So we'll be looking to battle back uh, really strong after that putrid, putrid, if I could use that word, performance last week. It was ugly. So uh, both of us trying to get back on the saddle after getting completely 
punched in the face last week. All right, here's what I like. No more delay. I talked about Washington and St. Louis. I liked the way the skins looked last week. Folks expected them to lay down in that contest against the Dolphins and just be the mess and train wreck that they were. But uh, the Redskins did some good things, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I just think for this particular team, not saying he's a better quarterback overall, I just think for this particular team, given the circumstances or whatever, whatever the case may be, I just think Kirk Cousins works better for the Washington Redskins than RG3. So uh, Cousins was uh, solid in that contest. And uh, he uh, kind of held things together there, which I think coming off of a – I think they gained a measure of uh, confidence in that contest. And so I do indeed like the Washington Redskins taking on a St. Louis team that's going to be a little bit too full of themselves after that win. It's going to be hard for the St. Louis Rams to focus after that big win that big divisional win at home against the Seattle Seahawks. I don't imagine that this was the best week ever of preparation for them, and St. Louis is not at that point where they could uh, cut some corners on preparation and win. And also as a favorite, I mean, I don't know if the Rams have progressed to the point where they could be road favorites because that's a tough situation to be in in the NFL as, you know, the it is a, this is a parity league. So I don't know that the Rams are – the type to be favorites, especially off of their win against the Seahawks. So I think it's a good situation to take the Washington Redskins. Better grab the Redskins early in the season, and this is a situation where I would like to do that. So that's pick number one. Pick number two for me is I'm going after uh, one of the big matchups on Sunday, Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, what about, what if anything the Eagles did on uh, that Monday night contest says to you that they are uh, a five-point favorite against the Cowboys. What's that is uh, 100% a public play here in terms of that line. What? Why? Why are the Eagles five-point favorites? I'm not seeing it. Yes, Des Bryant is out. He's a receiver. It looks to me like the odds makers have tacked three points onto this line because of Des Bryant being out, and you just don't do that for a receiver in this league which sounds crazy because we're in love with receivers in this day and age of football, but no. All right, Cowboys can still spread the ball around. Cowboys can still run the ball, which they need to do more. I will say that. Uh, didn't like their distribution in terms of run pass in that game. I think they'll get a little better with that. And um, Cowboys will be highly motivated as a five-point underdog against their arch nemesis in the NFC East. So I like the Cowboys in this matchup getting five points. And then I'm going to stay with another big match. I'm going for all the big ones here. The Seattle Seahawks travel to take on the Green Bay Packers. The reaction here is going to be, yep, let's go with the Green Bay Packers. It's revenge. They want to, they want some get back for that close loss last year and the whole onside kick thing. They're going to come out full of piss and vinegar. You know what? Seattle Seahawks, your defending NFC champions, are 0-1. Don't make it a habit of losing two games in a row. Don't know how often that's even happened to them during this run that they've been on. And they're not looking to go to Green Bay, a team that they've had some good success against, and end up the season 0-2. And it's not often you can get the Seahawks as underdogs. I'm going to grab them here in this game as an underdog, and uh, roll. I'm going to roll like that. I'm going to take the Green Bay. Uh, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks as underdogs in this contest against the yeah, Green Bay Packers. I think they'll come back strong. Um, I think they probably had a good week of preparation here. The Packers won a game against a divisional rival in the Chicago Bears. And though this is a revenge game for them, I don't know if they're going to be uh, 
as primed and ready as I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be. It's going to be a good game, a good matchup, and, you know, I think the best the, the Packers could do in a game like this, if if they're going to win it, is win it by a field goal. But I kind of like the Seahawks to win this game straight up and start their season off 1-1, one and one, and uh, which would also make the Packers 1-1. One and one. So those are my three selections for this weekend. I'm going with Washington, who is plus 3.5 now. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys, who are five-point underdogs, and I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers, who are three. I mean, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Why do I keep saying Green Bay? I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks, who are three-and-a-half-point underdogs in that in this game against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, what does my co-host like? He likes the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's not sure that San Francisco was as good as they looked on Monday, and uh, just can't see Pittsburgh starting off 0-2. And uh, it's also likes what I pointed out, the fact that, you know, San Francisco's taking a cross-country trip after a Monday night game, short week to prepare, and you're facing a motivated team at home. So he likes Pittsburgh, and the line on that contest is Pittsburgh minus six now. So he likes the Pittsburgh Steelers as a favorite in that contest. He also likes Detroit, who's a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Minnesota. Uh, also playing the short week angle because Minnesota did play on Monday night in San Francisco. So um, he just thinks Detroit, who's an 11-5 and team last year, shouldn't be getting points against a Minnesota team that didn't really look the part on Monday night. And finally, he's with me on the Seattle Seahawks. He likes them three and a half. Um, he says, don't bury the Seahawks yet. Uh, thinks Green Bay is good, but doesn't know that they're going to have enough to uh, push ahead of the Seattle Seahawks by that number. So those are his three picks on this game. He likes Pittsburgh. He likes uh, Detroit and also likes the Seattle Seahawks there with me. So those are the NFL picks. We'll have the college football picks in the next uh, segment here on the Gridiron Stud Show. But you're up to date on the NFL picks from both Amel and I. And with that, let me jump out to the phone lines. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, excuse the echo. Yo, yeah, what's going on, man? I don't know if I could could hang with that. What's going on, my man? Man, up early, man, trying to get these kids to school. What's going on, brother? Nothing. Doing my thing, man. My wife was uh, on Facebook last night, and she said, leave Casey alone. That's just her little message to you. <laughs> hey, she'll be, she be all right. Oh, I'm sure she will be, man. You got to. You got to push him every now and then. So um, a little inside there between myself and, and my caller, Les. So, Les, man, you got some picks for me this week. Let me check. How would you do last week? Let's take a look here. How would we do? Uh, NFL-wise, NFL-wise, uh, did we win that Giants pick? You did win the Dolphins pick. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what you did there on the Giants. Plus six. Did they cover that? Yeah, they did. Yeah. You're two, two and one, man. You took an L with Baltimore, and in your college football picks, man, don't make me follow these obscure games that you pick. North Texas was that a winner? I think they were plus ninety nine. No, they, they lost. That's what you get for picking North Texas. Temple, what'd they do? They covered. And I don't think UCF covered against Stanford. They got blown out of the water. No, I don't know what's did. going on. I don't know what's going on there with yeah, Central yeah. Florida. So what do you got for me this week, Mark? Uh, I'm gonna stick my head out there. Um, and I, I tried to, 
you know, be smart and not go with the teams that I like a lot. Um, I'm going to take San Diego versus uh, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's who going to be the quarterback uh, for Cincinnati. For who? But Cincinnati, I don't know, I don't know if the redhead kid's going to show up. <laughs> um, the redhead kid, huh? Then I like, All right. Yeah. Then I like Tennessee. Look at you riding riding that rookie quarterback. I think Mariota is, is going to beat up on, uh, on on whoever shows up. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to keep riding this, this, this wheel right now, man. I'm going to keep riding with the Dolphins this weekend against Jacksonville. Okay, I mean it is it is Jacksonville, so who could blame you? I mean Jacksonville invents ways to lose football games, so uh, nothing wrong with that there. San Diego, Tennessee, and Miami. What do you like in college football? Oh, with uh, let's see, I had my heart set on something. Uh, hmm. Oh well, I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take BYU against uh, Utah. You gonna take who? BYU? Yes. I'm loving go the BYU. loving the Mormons, huh? Man, I'm a love the Mormons because they they look like grown men compared to college students. I got you. And that's always been the case. All right. Let's see if uh, I can find a line for you on that BYU game. Uh, uh, who, who else you got? Uh, There's 16 and a half point underdogs. Man, are you doing research while you're on the phone with me? Come on, my friend. That's a rookie move. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, let me have. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, South Mississippi versus uh, Texas State. Man, you digging in there? You sound like you sound like you ordering cigarettes now. Let me get a um. Let me get a pack of uh. <laughs> I mean, that's what you sound right yeah. right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, what's what's your last one, man? Um, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna ride with uh, Northwestern to get uh, to get Duke uh, their first loss at home. Uh, man, you know what, man? I kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. But a typical Midwest guy gonna pick Northwestern. But I, you know, I like that. I, I can, I can roll with that, my friend. All right, I, I like that. But yo, keep training, keep training them kids. And uh, by the way, man, Casey looks good on the court. I know you, you know, are you one of them unsatisfied daddies? Like, all right, she got a lot to work on. She looked good to me. Um, She's young, man, and she has so much talent. But like I said, it's hard to get her to play at 100%. So if I keep seeing 60%, I'm going to keep turning it up every night. So yeah, I love my yeah, how, tall is, how tall is Casey, by the way? 5'10". Wow. There you go. There you go. My man Les training him. Not just not just theirs, but his. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Absolutely. Appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. Have a good evening, baby. Tell All right. From one guest caller to another, my man Kenny joins me here on the Gridiron Stud Show, man. Your long-awaited picks. Um... Let me get a number three with. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> high C orange, no ice. Yeah, just. A milkshake, strawberry. Yeah, there you go, man. 
There you go, coming right up. Nowadays, uh, just that order right there alone would be nine dollars and eighty nine cents. Fast food's really out of control. <laughs> so, so Kenny, man, first of all, I don't know if you're picking the game tomorrow night because you know I'm gonna call you a Canes fan. I, if you know, I, I don't know if you're admitting that these days or not. But you know, do you have a pick on the Canes game? Um, if I were to pick the game, I think I, I man, do you have a pick on them? Is that part of your picks this weekend? No, no, I, I wouldn't. All right, well, I'm going to make I, you. I, I'm going to make you have a pick on this game. What's going to happen, <laughs> Canes and Nebraska? What, what's up? Um, Canes and Nebraska, three points. I, I can't even give Miami three points. I would actually take Nebraska, to be honest with you. Wow, wow! And the next segment with Peter Riz is going to be uh, quite interesting. All right, lay it on me, Kenny. What do you got in for a shootout, me? What in are a your, shootout, what are your three though, picks? Whatever the in case, a shootout. In a, All right. Be a shootout. All righty. Uh, don't blame you for that. What, so what are your picks? What do you feel solid about? Okay, here's what I was looking at. Um, I I got BYU, I, what is it, 16 and a half against UCLA? Mm-hmm. 16 um, and a half. You liking BYU? These, well, I mean, the way that they won their last two games, the team, they've got a lot of momentum. And... I mean, regardless if UCLA goes on to, you know, run the table, I I can never take a freshman quarterback and give him 16.5 points against a top 25 team. It's just that's you a sleep, lot to ask. You sleep on my dog, Josh Rosen. I mean, freshman quarterbacks from week to week, you just never know how they're going to wake up in the morning, what, what how they're going to act. You, they're just sporadic, in my opinion. I got you. All right. What, what, well, what do you got next? My My next game – I got I got Alabama at home minus seven against the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Here's the why reason do you, why. Why do you love why do you love the Crimson Tide this weekend? Well it's not so much why I love the Crimson Tide. The the main reason I'm picking Alabama here is one guy, Chad Kelly. Um mm. I don't know if you know the the background on this kid, but he's he's kind of like a hothead. He's had issue had issues when he was at Clemson. He's always had issues with coaches and 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 players and I can just see him, you know, getting, you know, maybe Alabama scoring early and then him having to play from behind and just losing his composure and Tuscaloosa is the wrong place to lose your composure against somebody like Nick Saban. Interesting. Uh, Interesting little see, like, background and insight there on Mr. Chad Kelly. If he falls if he falls behind, I just can't see him I just see him losing his cool on the road and just I see I see it falling falling apart late in the game. And Nick gotcha. Saban, you know, he he'll just run that ball down their throat and just you know force this guy to make plays. I, he's not ready, in my opinion. You're not afraid of that Ole Miss offense, though, and all the wide receivers and all that talk that's been about Ole Miss. I mean, uh, they're pretty impressive in that group. And Kelly's been spinning. He's he's been tossing it around. That doesn't uh, scare you at all. I mean, I think he can. I think, like I said, like early, he'll probably be able to 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 probably stay with them for maybe a half. But you know, if he had, if by any chance he falls behind, I just see him pointing fingers at, at at his receivers, the coach getting in arguments, just and just Tuscaloosa is the wrong place to just for, to to for that to kind of thing to happen. All right, so give me your give me your last one here in your trio of picks for the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, I know Amos happy he went here in this pick because I got USC against Stanford. Uh huh. And I'm, t- I'm taking All the right. Trojans. And you like that? Going to lay the nine and a half points against Stanford. Real quick, your thoughts on that? Um, 
the, the key word in this matchup, I would say, is defense. Um, mm-hmm. USC is very underrated defense, and Stanford is not the same team that they've been in the past. I saw these guys, and then, honestly, I think USC scored, like, in their first two games. I know they haven't really played anyone, but they've scored, like, a, more than 100 points in two games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just I, – I, I can't see Stanford scoring 20 points. I just can't. I mean, I know they've, they've, they've always come out to play and play good defense against the Trojans in the past, but I just – if, you, if USC scores 21 points, I just I can't see Stanford being able to have to come from behind and throw the ball on the road. I just can't see them. Try, I can't see them keeping up with USC's offense, especially one. I know they really play no one, but a team that scored 100 points in two games. Uh, I don't know if they got the, the firepower. So basically, one of those things where you just don't see where the points are going to come from. All right. Kenny, I like it. Uh, I'm going to give you your props. Last week, you were 2-1. and one. You've always been solid on this show. So you did have a 2-1 and one, uh, day last week, better than both Emil and I. So I'll, throw, I'll give you that week to gloat and giddy up on that. But uh, just to recap for the folks listening, Kenny likes BYU, as, as, uh, as Les also did. Uh, he likes them. They're 16.5-point underdogs to UCLA. He likes Alabama at home against Ole Miss. Thinks Chad Kelly's going to go AWOL. And uh, likes USC because Stanford just doesn't know where the painted areas of the field are, also known and, as and the end Oreo zone. An Oreo pie. There, yeah, there, there you go, my friend. All right, Kenny, thanks for calling into the show, man. Looking forward to recapping this on Monday. All right, man. Take care. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Pete Ariz joins me from Canes Insight. Got to talk Canes in Nebraska. We'll be back right after this. (laughs) What is it? Maybach music. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Top of the hour, 11.03 here on the Gridiron Stud Show. The NFL segment, ugh, that, was a, that was a little ugly. At least we got the picks in. Wasn't the greatest radio you'll ever hear. But uh, listen, a big game going down at Sun Life Stadium here on Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. University of Miami going to be taking on Nebraska team they lost to in Lincoln last year. And uh, it's how appropriate I bring Drake back on as the intro music for this segment because uh, I'm bringing someone on who shoots a jumper like Drake, and it's my man, Pete Ariz from Kane's Insight. Pete, what's going on? Your, your, your jumper's like Drake's, isn't it? Hey, man, I don't know if that's a compliment or if you're taking a shot of me or what, but I, I can definitely uh, <laughs> shoot it out there. 
Oh, yeah, it's my uh, resident hoopster here um, joining in. And uh, listen, look, he covers the Canes better than his basketball game. Let me just say that. So there again, it could be a compliment. Who knows? Uh, But nevertheless, it's a big game. And I've been listening to talk radio all week. And listen, Pete, the fans are just in 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 a sullen mood here. It, it, I've heard everything from they're going to lose to Nebraska because they couldn't handle FAU to it doesn't even matter if they beat Nebraska. Nebraska's down to I don't care if Nebraska's good. Uh, even if they beat Nebraska, they still want uh, Al Golden out of here. Is that the mood that you're getting um, leading up to this game this week? Yeah, there's really not too many happy Canes fans right now. Obviously, we saw that performance last week was not the prettiest uh, but, you know, they got the job done after that really, really, I would say, lousy first-half performance defensively. Uh, but, I, I, like you mentioned, I think whatever happens this weekend, Kane fans are still going to be in wait-and-see mode, uh, really not going to put too much stock into what happens because uh, it's not like this is a Nebraska team uh, from the 90s, from the 80s, uh, like those Miami teams. So uh, I, I definitely think that fans are going to hold judgment uh, even if the Canes do win this weekend, because there's a long season ahead, and I think this is really just that first test. Uh, we'll, we'll start to see what the Canes are made of this season. How can uh, this coaching staff and this team even operate in an environment like this where you're going into um, basically a big game? Yes, this is not last year's Nebraska, but it is Nebraska, and it is a member of a Big Ten uh, oh, by the way, a conference that produced a champion last year. And your fan base is saying it doesn't matter if you win the game or not. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to be a tough environment for them. But, I mean, they did create the environment for themselves, I, w- I would say. Uh, but, look, I mean, as far as motivation for this week, uh, this is not the same Nebraska team, but it is a team that beat Miami last year by 10 points on the road. Uh, game got a little chippy. There was a lot of uh, personal fouls handed out in that game. Uh, and, you know, the, the Canes are definitely going to try to come out and uh, exact revenge. And I think uh, you look at what Miami did last year on the road in Lincoln offensively, uh, they put some points up, 31 points uh, on the road with, with the true freshman quarterback, Brad Ty, through for 359 and three touchdowns last year. So I think the, the question remains uh, what that defense is going to do, especially that defensive line. We saw last week uh, against FAU that uh, obviously – uh, it doesn't have the horses that Nebraska is going to have this week, but we're still tearing Miami up in that first half uh, before Jaquez Johnson went down with injury. Uh, so I think, look, it, that defense looked uh, good, I guess, relatively against platoon Cookman in the first game, uh, but that second game really showed a lot of the same holes that we've seen over the past couple of years. So uh, it, once again, it's, I think it's going to come down to the defense this week. And I, look, I think the offense is going to open up a bit uh, I, I don't think that James Coley really showed much over the first couple games, as you'd expect, or you know, with the competition that they played, uh, would expect some more downfield stuff. And it's obvious uh, that that he trusts Brad Kaya more, that, that Coach Coley trusts Kaya more in this setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this could this could kind of be the game that uh, I wouldn't say introduces Brad Kaya to the college football world, because he's a guy that uh, his name's already been out there. But if anything, I think this could make a lot of people a bigger believer uh, in him than they already are. Well, uh, listen, I could dwell on the negatives here because there's, you know, uh, everyone wants to talk about them, and that's just, like I said, been the atmosphere in the cloud on on talk radio all week. 
But let's talk about some of the positives here. Out of these first two games, what has been the most exciting thing for you to see happening with this current version of the University of Miami Hurricanes? I mean, you have to say that running back group has been tremendous. Obviously, losing Duke Johnson uh, was a big blow to this offense, but uh, Joseph Yearby and Mark Walton have come in uh, right away. Uh, Yearby is a guy that, you know, I, you've seen what he did over his high school career at, at Central, and, and he came into Miami around 180, 185. He's playing up around 200, 205. And, you know, I was saying to myself before the season, I want to see how he moves with that weight. And it's obvious that mm-hmm. he kept a lot of that. He looked great. A lot of that same. He looks great. I mean, he's breaking through arm tackles, which I think was an issue last year. He was going down a bit too easily. Mark Walton, a kid who really isn't uh, what you would call a true freshman, is a 19-year-old kid physically uh, developed. Uh, and, you know, we talked about it last week, his ability with the ball in his hand. So those two have been uh, a really good one-two punch. Obviously, losing Gus Edwards uh, was tough uh, for the offense. Mm-hmm. But those two have really stepped up. You have to hope for no injuries. We saw Trayon Gray waiting in the wings there. Uh, but I would also like to mention that defensive backs group has been pretty impressive over the first two games as well, obviously hasn't been the same competition they'll face this week, but uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of depth with that safety group, which, uh, and, and in that, that corner group as well. I mean, I mentioned last week as, as well that I, that was kind of a group of concern for me in the spring, but they've shown mm-hmm. themselves pretty well over the first two games. What do Canes fans need to worry? I mean, let's flip over and take a look at Nebraska. What do Canes fans need to worry about the most from these Cornhuskers as they come in here? Just from watching, you know, some Nebraska stuff from their first two games. I've been pretty impressed with Tommy Armstrong, their quarterback. This is a guy last year when they were running more of a read option spread type system where when he was asked to throw the football, which wasn't very much when they had Amir Abdullah right next to him, uh, he really was a guy who was not very reliable, kind of inaccurate at times. But he's looked, again, everything at this point in the season has to be taken with a grain of salt, but he's looked very composed mm-hmm. in the pocket in this, in this Mike Riley offense. Uh, kind of simpling things down for him a bit, uh, letting him you know use his feet get out get out of the pocket, which he's running quarterbacks over the last really 10, 15 years. Even when Miami's defenses were, were were better than they are now, uh, have always given this Canes defense a problem. So uh, mm-hmm. I think Tommy Armstrong's composure in the pocket has definitely reached higher levels this year than than the years past, and uh, his ability to extend plays with his feet uh, against a Miami defense that, as we've seen, really doesn't like to uh, apply much pressure to the quarterback could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's think of the unthinkable. If somehow Nebraska comes in here and wins this game in Sun Life Stadium, what happens? Well, Miami, first of all, not only are they 2-1, and one, but they're going into a Thursday night game up in Cincinnati, which – you know, you you would normally say Miami should be able to handle that, but uh, this is not a a terrible Cincinnati team. You're going on the road in, in what will be a, a fired-up atmosphere. That's, that's a team that does have some South Florida kids. They have some talent out there. And then my, the, the gauntlet of Miami's schedule really starts to heat up. You have Florida State, uh, Clemson, Duke, Virginia Tech, all in that same uh, little stretch. So this is a game, as, I, as I've told people, look, if Miami wins, uh, I'm not saying the Canes are going to go on and win 10 games this year, but it kind of sets themselves up uh, with some confidence going into that game with Cincinnati. They, they're able to win that, and you're you're really looking kind of a lot better than people imagine, of course, kind of getting ahead of myself there. But 
uh, hypothetically speaking, this is a game mm-hmm. that can definitely turn the season one way or another. And I, I think with a team that is as, as young as it is, and you know, I don't like to use that as an excuse because you know this is a, the staff had their time to to kind of manage the roster out, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is a young it is a young team, so uh, mm-hmm. kind of getting them confidence early in the season uh, could go a long way for them. Uh, towards the end of the year, which we saw last year, Miami hit that rough stretch in the begin- in the middle of the season, and by the end of the year they were just worn down. So I think it's important uh, that they take these winnable games in the beginning. Look, Nebraska is a very winnable game. Cincinnati is a very mm-hmm. winnable game. Uh, so mm-hmm. they have to take advantage of, of those opportunities before they start to face the Clemson, Florida State, the Georgia Techs, who you know they have a big game this weekend too. Big, big. Uh, big ACC showdown there. So I, it's yeah, we know we know the happens. meat of this thing is uh, coming up. I dare say, Pete, in a roundabout kind of a way, it sounds like you're saying this is a must-win game for the Hurricanes, game three in the season. It's a must-win game for Al Golden. It, it would be probably the best way to put it. Uh, and, and that would, in turn, mean that it's a, it's a must-win game for the Hurricanes. Look, I mean, Golden's had his opportunities. Uh, over the past three, four years to kind of get a signature win. And this would not be a signature win, but this would be uh, a step in the right direction, you could say. So uh, I would say it's a border, bordering on a must-win situation. Yeah, uh, it's kind of it's kind of looking that way. Whether it should be that or not is uh, open for debate, but it is what it is. And uh, I think after these first two games, and, you know, look, wins just aren't even – enough anymore uh as you know they won last week and uh hell covered the spread but still folks are unhappy because they still see some of the things that have plagued this team uh over the last few years so it it's uh all makes for an interesting plot going into this game never never a dull moment there so uh listen thanks for the insight on the game and getting us set up for this big one tomorrow night at sun life man always great having you on thank you pete no problem really appreciate you having me on chad all right. Pete Ariz from CanesInsight.com with uh, some some insight and some depth on this game coming up tomorrow. It turns out that game number three in the season is, uh, is a must-win for the Canes as fans are not happy about the uh, blowout win over FAU. And, well, you know, let's just – I'm not going to jump on fans too much here because, you know, it was a game tied at halftime. And it's FAU, and people don't think you should be there with FAU, uh, should be blowing out FAU. And, um, you know, that's not what happened. And FAU was having some, you know, good amount of success running the football. At one point it looked like they were gashing the University of Miami. It's just not what folks um, want down here. I'm not even going to say expect, but want down here because I'm not even sure what's expected from fans. They just don't want that happening. And that's what happened in that game. And uh, so not a whole lot of credit being given to Al Golden and the uh, – and the coaching staff for the win last week. They could uh, do a lot for themselves by dropping a hammer on Nebraska. So, uh, again, I think that's a toxic situation and environment there. And, uh, you know, I spoke out about this uh, last year with Brady Hoke. Uh, they made it impossible for the staff to coach and, and win games. And one would say, fans would say, uh, well, you know, you, listen, it's a tough business. You shouldn't be listening to the fans anyway. We're in a different era of social media. You can't get away from it. The players can't get away from it. And uh, it's going to plague their minds at some point if uh, if the fans don't put the pitchforks and the, and the torches away. But uh, 
who am I to say any of that? I think that's just going to continue. Win uh, win tomorrow or not, uh, I think the heat's still going to be on. So it's going to be that kind of a season, and hopefully they can withstand it. All right. Uh, let me take a quick break. When I get back, it's back to high school football. I'm going to have Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football on with me to talk about uh, football action up and down the state here in the state of Florida. We'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. show all that great talk about college football and uh canes football coming up forgot to give the college football picks man what's wrong with me have i lost my mind 
So we can't have a football Friday edition without the college football picks. Are you kidding me? That's where we kill it. At least that's where I kill it. So let me start off with what Emil has, who's uh, not with me today. Emil has traveled out west. He's going to be live and in color at the USC versus Stanford game. If anyone's listened to the show, you know he's a diehard Trojan fan. How a guy from Pennsylvania uh, ends up fighting for Troy, I have no idea. But nevertheless, he's out. He'll be at the game live and in color. should make him give a live report from the game uh, for uh, skipping the show here today. All right, but well, here's what he likes. He likes Georgia this weekend against South Carolina. Thinks things are going to continue to slide for the old ball coach. He just doesn't think that uh, South Carolina is a good football team right now, and he likes what Georgia's looking like. He's going to have to lay a lot for his, uh, for his troubles there uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, it's a very, very big number, and uh, he's going to have to ride with the Georgia Bulldogs, or he wants to ride with the Georgia Bulldogs in their game against South Carolina, which, you know, at preseason everyone expected this to be a big-time matchup uh, for these uh, for in, in, in the SEC, but nevertheless, not really that, as this point spread says. Georgia's a 16.5-point favorite, and my man Amalt likes Georgia in that game. He also likes Arkansas to snap back and battle back this week. Uh, he thinks Texas Tech is a bad football team, doesn't play a whole lot of defense, thinks Arkansas is going to get back to what it is they do best, and that is pound the football. They are 12.5-point favorites in this game. He likes uh, Arkansas to come back and be that team against Texas Tech. And then finally, finally, he likes the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This has not been a good week for Rutgers, okay? They've been uh, they've been a mess. I've see, I saw an article that says Rutgers is an embarrassment to the Big Ten. Why? Because the coach is suspended for illegally contacting a professor, uh, asking about the academic status of a player. Can't do that. Um, and then you had another player being accused of slamming a young lady on the ground outside of a uh, nightclub, I believe it was. So it's not a good week for Rutgers. Nevertheless, my man does not like the hometown team in his area, Penn State. Penn State is a little bit overblown, according to him, and he likes Rutgers coming off of the disappointing loss to Washington State as a nine-point underdog. So uh, that's what he's rolling with. He likes Georgia, he likes Rutgers, and he also wants to roll with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, I'm going to uh, jump in and take Illinois this week. Illinois has been much underrated. People made a big deal about them losing Tim Beckman going into the season. Uh, I think they're just fine, as they've shown in this first two games. And nothing about North Carolina at all says to me that they should be heavy favorites in a game against anyone, let alone an Illinois team that looks like uh, they might have their act together. North Carolina is an eight-point favorite in this game. I still don't think they're good enough. I'm going to take Illinois as an eight-point underdog in this contest. Uh, Charlie Strong is a man under the gun. He's under the fire. People are uh, starting to get the pitchforks out for him. I think they respond at home this week. California uh, looking better than they have in any time. They just have not had enough experience winning and being that kind of team to go on the road and be a seven-point favorite at Texas. Just can't see California in that role. Texas needs this win. I think they're going to come out with their hair on fire. So give me Charlie Strong and the Texas Longhorns as seven-point underdogs. And then finally, I'm going to agree with uh, Kenny, and uh, I think this pick is going to make my co-host smile as he will again be live at this game. I'm going to take USC. Just too much offense there for USC. I don't think Stanford is that kind of team anymore. I don't think they can play good enough defense to keep USC from reaching into the 30s. Uh, and as uh, Kenny, my co, uh, my caller, said, uh, I don't see where Stanford's going to get their points from. USC can play defense. I think they do. 
play uh, some pretty good defense in this game, and I think the blowout is in effect for USC versus Stanford. So hate to say that for you folks that are going to be tuning in for a good game on uh, Saturday night on ABC, but I think USC runs away with this one. All right, so that's that. Back to the high school football. Sorry to keep this next guy waiting, um, but he's been waiting all week for some great high school football. Joshua Wilson joins me from Florida, hsfootball.com. Joshua, how you doing? Doing all right, Chad. Another week, another rainy week, it seems like. You know, I mean, you know, I've already seen some games already being moved around. You know, some moved around from, you know, like, you know, down there down there in your neck of the woods. Moved, moved oh, my goodness, man. Tell me Chad. about it. You know, Josh, well, I'm back coaching, and I've needed a raincoat at every game, and that lightning horn has gone off so far in all of the games so far that we've played, and it's expected, you know, to go off again tonight. I can't get a dry football game down here. I, I, I think we're gonna have to wait till next month before we get a dry football game. May, hope, hopefully, you know, because I mean, you know, I mean, I don't like the, what the weather outlook is for the next three months. You know, I mean, El Nino hanging hanging around and being really nasty this time around. Blaming it, it on El Nino, I, huh? I'm gonna blame this one on El Nino. It's just it, this is just an odd weather pattern. Usually, we don't see it like this. You know, we get the first we'll, we'll have the first you know four or five weeks of the season be you know rainy, but you know. The mm. fact that they're saying they're calling for rain all the way through Christmas time, you know, at, 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 you know, different periods. Yeah, it's uh, shoot, it's crazy, man. It makes makes me want to move to Arizona until uh, late October here. All right, before we launch into these games, man, I got a couple things. Uh, I got a pet peeve. I'm looking for stats of Dayton Broward County, and I know where they are. I just can't find them. I can't get to them. What, what's my quickest way to stats here? And I'm sure there must be some listeners who have also run into this frustration. I know they got them on the Herald, but they're tucked away into some secret file on some secret uh, HTML URL somewhere, and it just pisses me off. Where do you go you for stats what? on Dayton Broward County? You know what? Sometimes I, I look to see if any teams have gotten them on Max Prep. So this is, you know, this is this is a good point because it does frustrate me too as well. So, and yeah, you're right. Well, I'm looking for the leaders in the county, and I'm I'm not going to go from team to team. I, I'm not running through team to team on well, Max Prep. I'm just looking a, for like the the leaders. There there is a way, and I I've seen it before, and that made you bring up a good point. So you know, this is one law. I'm going to actually try to find it while we're discussing it here, you know, because I'm right here in front of my computer. So yeah, I mean, like that, I, I've, that's, seen it. That's, I've already got that set up. That has to be a bookmark for me. Uh, and, you know, it just has to be done because trying to find it on your own, you waste half a day. It just drives me nuts. So, yeah, and, you know. and I know what it's called, but I, I remember seeing something at one particular point that there is a – tell you what, if you locate it right now while you're doing – do me and everyone else a favor and just tweet both of the links uh, to these things, and I'll make sure I retweet it and get everyone to bookmark it so you don't have to, you know, lose an entire day of work trying to find a rushing and receiving leaders in Dayton, Broward County. All right, I want to slide on to this too. Man, you post every week, and I think everyone, you know, interested in high school football down here takes a look at this. Um, but Pinko's forecast. Man, how good oh, is Pinko's? Yes. Eighty over usually eighty percent during the season. That that's that's huge. Eighty percent. That's outstanding. Season. And you know what? And just speaking of which, you know, which is actually interesting is is that I was looking because I when we do our time, which I'm going to be posting an article once we get off once we get off here, you know, a little mm. bit. 
I'm going to be posting an article on the top ten games of the week this week, and I was just looking back from last week, and I, I put the Pinkos, I put the USA Today High School Sports, which we got a partnership with them, and then then our then our you know we just do our own little prediction, and USA Today was way off last week on a lot of them. They went five and mm. five. Pinkos went eight too. We went seven and three. So Man, it, it tells you it, it tells you how good Pinkos really is when you start to look at it from other ways. Pinkos and that crazy computer man is uh you know he's cooking it up you know real 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 good he's got something good going on there so uh you know kudos to Pinkos oh, yeah. all right I'm gonna put you I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you he does say Miami Central by 14 over Norland though so any of you Norland fans listening hey uh you know Pinkos is probably in a basement somewhere don't go looking for that guy just go out there and take it out on on uh, Miami Central but listen we got a lot of great games but I'm gonna put you on the spot. What game are you most excited to see or hear about tonight in the state of Florida, in all of the I'm state more, of Florida? I am so, so curious what Miami Norland is going to do to Miami Central. I think, you know, I, you know I've talked to a couple of people around, surround, you know, surrounded with the Miami Central program, and they're just not impressed with the two wins. You know, they, they, but mm. then, look who you played. You played Miami Killian and you played First Coast, two teams that have had suffered heavy graduation losses or players, you know, leaving the program. You know, that, that that's not a good bellwether gauge to, to look at it. It's it, they're, they're, they're to say, oh, that Miami Central's back on track. And I don't think necessarily that might not be the case. But I think at this particular point, they got to play Norland and see how they test out against that Norland D because that Norland D, I've had two got two different guys, two different riders seen Norland D already. One's in Jacksonville, one already down at South Bay last week. You know mm-hmm. they they, mm-hmm. they they vouch for that Norland defense. So you know that says something right there that hey Miami Central is going to I feel like they're going to get tested here. They I'm not saying they Miami Central won't lose, but they're going to have to they're going to have to be more than just. You know, finding you know, just finding quick ways to score points. You're going to have to figure out how to get through that defense. Mm, yeah. Uh, well, listen, defense. Defense should be the name of the game. But listen, I've lived long enough to know that when you get all goosed up for a defensive battle, you end up with like a 35-34 game. So <laughs> I wouldn't be know. completely bold over if that happened. No, you're no, you're right, and that's and that's the thing, you know. Sometimes you get these to hear about, oh, it's going to be defense, defense. Yeah, you're right. And he'll let's overlook at it. It's like, wait a second, this part's supposed to go this way. This is a blowout. Yeah, yeah. I guess that falls under. That's why they uh, played a game type exactly. scenario there. So, uh, what about South Dade? You mentioned them. Uh, are they a sleeping giant there in in eight A football right now? Should people be paying more attention to South Dade? They should pay paying attention to them, but see, I even not I see I, I knocked them even though they won, you know, seven six. Mm-hmm. I knocked them out of the top ten and eight eight because I felt like, well, if you only could score seven points and that came off a tip pass, uh, mm-hmm. what does that say? If you go up against another team that has a defense, defense that maybe maybe is good as New Orleans or you know just feel more right around the neighborhood, and that one team that's probably coming to mind is going to be Columbus at this particular point. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to the playoffs, and you know, if they if that's the case, you know, Columbus could have their say, you know, with them on that. So you know, I'm right? Thinking, so you know, is, yeah. is is eight A is eight A right now all about uh, Flanagan and Columbus, or is there someone else in there that could uh, you know put a be the fly in the ointment? South Dade, if it gets to that point, 
when you get to the playoffs, which I believe that would be a regional final at this particular point for those two teams with Columbus and South Day, that they got to that particular point and South Day got through, then, yeah, we'd be talking a different story. But right now I'm still stuck to Columbus and Flanagan being the two teams fighting it out for going to get the chance to go to Orlando again this year. And I still think some people say Flanagan should have done it last year. And they're probably right. Flanagan should have probably done it last year. They had everything there. They just didn't get that one or two breaks that they needed to be able to capitalize on Columbus. And that's, you know, I, and I'm sure that is the chip on their shoulder right now over there at Flanagan, you know. I mean, that, yeah, well, that, listen, know, Joshua, know. I mean, you, you, why is Columbus good? Because if you go to a game and you watch them pregame and you look at what's out it's there, the this is not a shot it's on Columbus. It's, it's the coaching, coaching over there at Columbus. It's the coaching over there at Columbus. They don't necessarily have the big big names and talent over there, but they know how to coach them and get the best out of their players, and that is the biggest thing that, you know, Columbus does. You know, for Chris Merritt over there, you know, hey, <laughs> that's why he's, that's why he's still there. You know, you, I mean, I'm sure other schools would like to get his hands on him and take him away from there, and he's not going to leave. <laughs> you know, we we yeah. all know that. It's not, not going to You got to be impressed. You got to be impressed yeah. with the, what they get out of their athletes down there at Columbus. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I want to stray out of the South Florida area. You know, if, if you're listening in the Panhandle or in, you know the middle of the state, you're like, what's the, why is this guy just so focused on uh, Dade and Broward County? So let's talk about outside of uh, you know the southern part of this state. Who's making some noise that us folks down here down south need to kind of throw a little lazy eye towards? Well, always keep your eye on Apopka because, you know what, let me tell you something. This is a staggering fact. Almost over 550 yards rushing. They did not throw one. They didn't even tip a pass last week against the land mm. in a 45-7 blowout. Does that tell How you about anything? That? <laughs> you didn't, didn't even tip so, so those blue darters pass. are at it again, huh? Hey, they're running well, and they played Dr. Phillips this week for the first time in the regular season in several years. So that is going to be huge. And I really think you know, Dr. Phillips went down the West Orange last week in the first meeting of those two teams in four years. And, you know, what's interesting, West Orange goes to play Jacksonville Trinity Christian this week. So we're, 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 mm. we're in a little bit of a cycle here with so many teams playing top teams, you know, in multiple weeks. And I really, yeah. you know, Pac is on, on a tear. Dr. Phillips, I think, is – I want to say somewhat down this year because, but then again, I give credit to Dr. Phillips scheduling a tougher schedule this year for the first time in in, in five six years. Looking at it, here's 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 what Dr. Phillips last week West Orange, this week they got Apaka, next week they have Mainland. Mm-hmm. You, you, yeah. You, you, uh, you, you, I mean, you, if you think about it, Mainland, it's a rough Mainland, one, no doubt. Oh yeah, and you, 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 we're talking about possibly you know Dr. Phillips being two and three after after they get through this slate here. So that's you know people have got to keep an eye on that. But you know what, it may make Dr. Phillips tougher for the playoffs. I mean, because you know there's there's that chance that hey, Dr. Phillips and Pocket could meet again in the in the state semifinals to determine who goes who, who gets to represent the area. Eight eight. And you were, know, were you su- were you surprised uh, at the outcome of the Lakeland Carroll City game? No, considering I had caught a little bit of a warning from from uh, the, the good old Larry Bluestein down there in South Florida about this, you know, mm-hmm. and I had I my eye on yeah. Carroll City, you know, but, I mean, but I looked, I kept looking at it, and I was just like, Lakeland, there's just something there about Lakeland that's just saying they're just not as strong as they that they that everybody wants to say they are. You know what? Mm-hmm. I decided, you know what? I'm taking I'm taking the Miami Carroll City pick as the upset of the week, and sure enough, what happens? You know, 
they waltzed right there on the lake when it went. And, and the same goes for Dylan. They walked, they walked in the Lake Gibson. You know, hey, neighbors right there at the lake went right there, waltzed right on in and did Lake Gibson in, too. So, you know, those are two teams. People kept saying, oh, well, they're, they're good. They're going to be good this year. They're going to be – I'm, I'm still – the jury's still out there on both of those teams. Yeah, I've it, seen it, you. I've seen you uh, on your Twitter account go in a little bit. I've seen you rail a little bit on uh, preseason rankings. What do you think is the biggest problem with preseason rankings, I in your it, opinion? I, I think, um, especially, I don't think it's so much on the statewide ones that I get. So, so it's, and I'll rail on the AP rankings because it's just sometimes it's matter of you, you, you can look at it. It's voting to get team names in there just to be talking about them in the newspaper so they have something to talk mm-hmm. about with the rankings and I, I don't I, I totally don't like that because that's not that's not the way the rankings should be but when mm-hmm. it comes to the national rankings especially the preseason one and I keep and I keep hammering and I and I keep saying that I feel like you know teams like Coconut Creek were too early to be ranked in the national rankings I feel like they needed to have get that signature win to be ready mm-hmm. to be ranked and and I think for Coconut Creek that would have to be beating American Heritage this week, which I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And I and I, that's where I railed on them, and I feel like, you know, I'm going to say, hey, I told you so back before, you know, weeks ago that, you know, you're, you're, you're basing it off 7-on-7, seven and seven you shouldn't be taking that risk. Oh, 7-on-7 seven is such a big part of the offseason. Oh, I know. Um, but... That it's a little difficult for these guys to not pay any attention to that or to ignore oh. some of the physical feats that you see some of these guys competing and trying to extrapolate that out to the regular season and say, well, this guy looks like such a beast. He's He's got to lead this team during a regular season to big and great things, and that's that's kind of what happens there. Yeah, and I, I think my, my biggest beast is that when you say that when, when you're trying to say, well, seven on seven, but, you, but the thing is you don't have your offensive line out there or your defensive line. You don't have the lines out there. So I think if you subtract that out of that and you realize, wait a second, you can't totally – you can say, oh, you may expect potential big, nice, big, good things to come out of this player, but she's going to say, hey, we're kind of going to maybe wait and see what they maybe actually do once they get, you know, full pads, everything on there, getting out there on the field. I mean, I think spring football. People so underestimate that for you, Josh. I mean, I'm telling you this as a coach. They so underestimate that part of it. It's like you don't see. Do you not see in seven on seven that your quarterback's taking the ball off a tee and standing there unbothered, uh, looking for a guy to get open? And uh, I think they underestimate how much the quarterback's mindset changes when someone runs through his back two or three times in a game and. Um, you know, yeah, I saw that in the Flanagan game for Jakari Harrison. I mean, I mean, after I mean after the first series, he dropped back and wouldn't look downfield. He was looking to run. Yeah, yeah, and when, and when you hear the Flanagans racking up sacks back there, just, what, what does that tell you? You know, it, it's it, 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 and I had to remind and I had to remind one of the national office, was like, look, do you, do you realize that you know Flanagan actually, you know, that score that score is not indicative of what what that game really was. That that you know that. That was that was two late scores by Coconut Creek. They tried to get back in it. You know that that defense mm. was doing the damage first three quarters. You know you you have to look back and you can go back and look at the game and you know that it's playing the dominant team in that one. You know it's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's there's where, no doubt about that. Let's let's touch on this subject. Um, 
you know, Central goes out and they play a nationally televised game against the math and they get handled. Uh, and that's probably, you know, a light use of that word there. Uh, Booker T takes on St. Thomas. Booker T has been, uh, you know, almost the almost the bell cow program in the state the last few years, 40-game win streak. And, yes, they did lose to another South Florida team, but they got handled in that game. So Central and Booker T down. Um, and then you got folks perhaps saying Florida football is down this year. Is that true in your opinion, or has the talent shifted to other areas and people haven't caught up to that yet? I don't, I don't necessarily say football in Florida is down. I think it's just other teams are starting to emerge a little bit, you know, saying, hey, you mm-hmm. know, we can play, you know, we can, mm-hmm. we can compete, you know, it's just a matter of how they do it. But, you know, I, I but I think some of it when they say Florida football, the football in Florida is down, I think they sometimes they look at it beyond just the teams. I think it's when you look at the classifications, you look at how many teams are in each classification, and you start to say, well, wait a second, some of this is watered down. And one, well, I'm going to rail 2A right now for how the FHA mm-hmm. with that with 2A because it literally is a it's a joke. It's a joke mm-hmm. when only so many, there's only like maybe six, seven teams that are that have got records maybe above 500. It, I mean, it's literally. You know, when teams are not – the teams are not winning games or not doing anything. And, 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 and you know, when, when I start to look at that, you know, that looks bad. You know, when when, mm-hmm. when, when almost the entire – you know, got, you know, a majority of the classification is not winning football games. And, right. And, it, and it's in, – in, in some of the – you know, in, it just – in my mind, it's like it's saying, hey – why, 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 why do we have to do this? Why do we have to settle for this? Why, like, why do we have to settle for having twenty eighteen and three? We why, why should we be letting half? Why should we be letting the majority of the classification go to the playoffs? Well, I know. <laughs> I, people I, are not going to find uh, that fair. You've, you've certainly carried the torch on that for for quite some time. And listen, I agree with you on that. Uh, back to the whole national stage thing. Central was on national right. television. Booker T on national television. St. Thomas on national television. Give me three teams you would have liked to have seen in this preseason play on national television from the state of Florida to give to to give a representation of the state. Oh, I I, I would have I would have preferred you know I would have preferred St. Thomas to go on up against Miami Central. That would have been better mm-hmm. than, than 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 anything else. You know, St. Thomas mm-hmm. hosting Booker T or Central going up to Maryland to play the math. I think, you know, hey, keep it, keep it right there down there in the local area. Heck, you would have had mm-hmm. 10 ratings right through the roof because, hey, right. you're taking the two teams are saying, hey, we're the best in South Florida. Well, play each other. <laughs> they will right. decide who's the best. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and I really, you know, I think later on in the season, you know, I mean, I wish, I mean, I wish that they wouldn't do, put this game in the later season. I wish they maybe would have done it at the start of the season, just put St. Thomas and Flanagan at the start, you know, let them side mm-hmm. battle it out. Mm-hmm. You know, for, mm-hmm. for those two yeah. teams, and that you know, but you know, another team, and I would have, I would have liked to see Trinity Christian just as you know, fight, you know, despite the fact that you know they're, you know, they're a two-time state champion already, you know, defending state champ. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people doubted them. I think it would have been nice to see them come out and prove a, st- prove a point a little bit. So right, right, you know, right. Because some yeah. people say they're um, down this year, and I don't think they're down. Yeah, I don't know how I don't I don't know how they go about making these schedule, but there's some games. I thought our game against IMG should have been a nationally televised game. Why it wasn't? I have you're, no, no clue, you're right. No I think idea. that should have been. I think that should have been a regular season game. To be honest, to be honest with you, is that with that? I mean, that that game right there. You know, I think that made a statement for y'all as well. No matter what, though. But you mm-hmm. know, at the same time, you know, it's you know, it it is what it is. But 
the same time, it just, it just seems like, you know, I have to say kudos to y'all for being one of three teams that willingly raised their hand to go play on Gene from the state when most will not do it. And it kind of got put together in a weird way, though. It You know, we were supposed to originally go up there and play a team from Georgia, and they were going to play a team from Georgia. That's how it got put together. And then at some point it just morphed itself into, ah, well, you know what, you guys will play us. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how that game came together for those out there who yeah, uh, weren't really of, aware of that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I tell you this, Chad, is that, you know, if you look at, you know, there is no team in a 100-mile radius of IMG that want to play IMG. You know, I think this is mm-hmm. going to be it for this year that you're not going to see any more Florida teams step up and say, hey, we want to play IMG. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, well, because of the yeah, you, I can see it progressing in that direction, no doubt about it. I mean, you may get. They may get. They may lucky to get. They may lucky to get one, maybe an extra on the schedule. I mean, I don't know how the contracts are set up. Considering, you know, I, mean, I know some do one year or two year deals. I mean, I mean, even I mean, then, like I told, I told Coco's coach, he said, you know, kudos for raising your hand to go play on knowing that you only have like thirty guys on your roster, you know, mm-hmm. just willing to step up even go play them. And I think people not people were knocking them all. You lost big, so we're we're, we're knocking you out. And I'm like, no. You're, you're playing. Yeah. You're, there's, a, there's a difference between Coco and what IMG is. Coco is a local school in their local area, and then you've got local kids. IMG. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what I saw was like they have players from 17 different states and, and different yeah, countries. Yeah, isn't that amazing? On the roster. I mean, it's like that. It's like yeah. people are even. It's like the Epcot thing. Center. Uh, yeah, at, over there at IMG. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. And some people rail me about uh, about St. Thomas. It's like, well, St. Thomas does the same thing. And I'm like, let me. How many kids do the St. Thomas have from 17 states and different countries on, on their roster? I, I really have a hard time pressing for that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, and I don't know how active they are in in pursuing that. I think it just comes to St. Thomas at this point. All right, man. Well, we're gonna have to leave yeah. it at that. Uh, always an interesting. Florida high school discussion when I have Joshua Wilson hey, on district, with me and so and it's district week. Yeah, it's district week starting this week. It's it is district, week. district games. Yes, it, it is. is. It is district week. It's getting hot and heavy, and it's getting, as the kids say, it's getting real out there. So uh, we'll oh, certainly yeah. have a whole bunch to talk about next Friday after some of these district games. So, Josh, as always, thank you for joining me on the Gridiron Stud Show, man. Look forward to this next week. Appreciate it, Chad. Thank you. All right, that's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com joining me here on the Gridiron Stud Show. If uh, you want some information on Florida high school football, that's uh, a good place to go, FloridaHSFootball.com. Check them out, all kind of rankings and discussion on Florida high school football and schedules and uh, a ton of information there for you to check out, uh, FloridaHSFootball.com. All right, well, this was a a long one, but it's – it's Football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show, and as always, jam, jam-packed, and uh, we've got you guys ready now for your entire weekend of football. you got your high school games tonight, Friday Night Lights. you got the college football action coming down tomorrow. Kane's taking on Nebraska, Florida, heading over to uh, take on the uh, Kentucky Wildcats, and then you got Florida State going tonight. All this talk, I didn't even get into Florida State talk. I did do that yesterday with Bud Elliott, so Florida State's got a, a tough game tonight uh, out there in Chestnut Hill battling Boston College in an ACC battle. Be sure you check that out. 
going to be, uh, I think, an interesting game. Plus, you got your NFL games coming up this weekend. Uh, we gave you the picks for college, NFL. Hey, man, we checked it off all here on the Gridiron Stud Show, and we hope you enjoyed the last hour and 45 minutes here with us. And I uh, thank you for listening. If you love the Gridiron Stud Show, tell a friend. Bring some more. The more, the merrier. I'm back on on Monday with Emil. We're going to recap the weekend action. Can't wait to do that. We'd like to, again, thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy all that football coming at you. We'll see you guys on Monday. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. You high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile, takes two minutes. Stop playing games, get off of Facebook, take control of your future. Squidironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.